Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. My name is Richard Miller. I'm one of the hosts based here in the UK. And my colleague, cohort, co-host is Dr. Luke Gledall, the man who introduced Hendo's to Saskatoon and currently resides in Calgary, Alberta. How are you doing today, Luke? That brilliant. I'm doing really well. I would I really like the idea of me introducing Henderson's Relish for Saskatoon. I think that's something I could put on my epitaph. And I like the idea of me in a bar in Saskatoon paying a bit more for our beer than I expected because uh, I found beer a little bit more pricey than I thought it would be in Saskatoon. <laughs> and uh, drunkenly talking with a new friend and then being like, oh, and then just drunkenly slopping out a bottle of Henderson's Relish and uh this is the real stuff yeah just uh putting it on everyone's uh plates of food in the pub and eatery that would be in. excellent well mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's how else would you introduce it you got to start start with the with a, a small crowd then the word of mouth builds maybe like a trojan horse it like and a you know instead of replacing uh worcestershire sauce I could just replace it with Henson's Relish, and then people be like, oh, I like this Henson's Relish. Sorry, the, this Worcestershire sauce. And they'd be like, it isn't Worcestershire sauce. It's actually mm-hmm. Henson's Relish. Mm. Which is, um, which is a, a vegan alternative. It is indeed. There's no... Uh, is, is it fish that kind of get harmed yeah, in the yeah, making of it's, Worcestershire sauce? It's, uh, yeah, maybe anchovies, I think. Fermented. Terrible. It, I mean, it's it's delicious stuff. Both of them are, are tremendous sources. I think there's there's room in this world for both. <laughs> hot, hot takes from Richie Miller. Hot takes. On today's different gravy. <laughs> so um, I believe before we get into uh, breaking hoo-hoos. Oh, yeah. I just have a bit of uh, thank you for the prompt, Rich. I do have a bit of personal news. Um, so I do often, I don't know if you have a challenge, Rich, but... Uh, I feel like maybe your family's a little bit supportive than they are of mine. <laughs> Bless, I love you all, my family. I love you very much, but you clearly don't want to like pull your finger out and listen to my podcast. Anyway, <laughs> so I had this having a conversation with my eldest brother Andy the other week, and he said, "You know what? How can I listen to this podcast?" And I said, "Well, well, Andy, you know, it's, it's on all the great pop." podcast platforms it's on spotify it's on itunes it's on acast what am i missing here rich what else are we on oh tune in tune in uh, yeah another good one yeah um pocket casts mm-hmm. uh pretty you know pretty much everywhere the, the, the that uh, folks can get podcasts you can so get here's the funny thing was that uh but maybe not all of them so <laughs> my eldest brother Andy said you know can i listen to you on soundcloud and i said i don't think so and i think he'd also gone to try and see if we were on soundcloud which we're not and i found that quite interesting rich because you know soundcloud is quite good but also soundcloud is the real home of um some of these great mumble rappers and oh. um I was wondering as to whether that was the reason, you know, why it was, um, why Andy loves uh, his SoundCloud. That he loves oh. uh, not only listening to some top podcasts, um, but also catching up with the latest mumblecore rappers hailing from the States with their latest mixtapes. Um, <laughs> so to make him feel at home, I've actually, um, I've managed to source a rare recording that's not even on SoundCloud yet. Um, it's actually the um, the hit single from Lukey Pump at the gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this will help. This will ease his transition across. Exactly, from, uh, exactly. That's, yeah, that's the whole mentality. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I've managed to source a clip of it, which I've shared with you, Rich. So if you could do okay. the honors, 
I will do the honors. To uh, Lukey Pumps at the gang. Daddy gang. Ooh. Yeah. Lukey Pump. Yeah. Daddy gang. Got the gang, 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 got the gang. Got a lot of love for the big man. Even take the time to press his full name. Ooh, yep, I love Big Dave's never lame. Watch him take the big chance, take the blame. Shut stuff for Kosovo, it's a shame. Had the gang, had the gang, had the gang. Had the gang, 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 had the gang. What a treat. Yeah, so I thought that would help the transition for my eldest brother to listen to this podcast if, like I said, a bit of mumblecore classic rap. <laughs> and also Wednesday themed as well about the uh, about everyone's favourites uh, at the new you. Oh wow, um, a timely because I think the big man might be you know feeling a little bit forgotten at the at this point in time. So uh, nice for nice for that to come out and uh, hopefully reach his ears. Uh, so oh wow, I'll be I'll be looking out for uh, you know any future releases from uh, from Lukey Pump. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> moving along to uh, next up. Breaking hoo-hoos. Breaking hoo-hoos. So we obviously had the game midweek with Derby County, which uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into in detail. But uh, other than that, the, the the other big bit of news was that Fernando Forestieri's injury seems to be worse than than we originally thought. Hmm. Yes. Apparently, it's something a bit more than just uh, the casual tweaking of his knee. And I uh, don't think there's any great time frame from what I saw from when Monk was interviewed midweek about that as to when we'll see him next. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, this is the, the it's it's a shame you have players who are injured. Um, it's maybe not the biggest shame when it's a player you're not really playing as much and you're not missing hugely. Yeah. Like Nando. It's I don't know how to kind of react to that news, but I'm not in a weird way. I mean, do you, do you ever think this rich in kind of previous seasons? Like it's almost sometimes been a bit of a crass blessing that Forestieri has been injured because I don't have yeah. to, I don't have to see him be out of form and be moody and maybe yeah. he's not going to do anything. Um, it's a shame that we've lost a player. Um, but I'm, There's you know, as people to... can kind of tell from, our podcasts and our musings on Fernando Forestieri were kind of beyond the last chance saloon with him. And so, um, I don't know, maybe there's more juice we can get out of him for the rest of his kind of season, but it, it just feels all too familiar that either there's a lengthy ban, there's an injury or, um, in a bit of a colloquial sense, he's got a bit of a face on. Yes. There's always, there just always seems to be something else rumbling along. I mean, even when, He's sort of come back, you know, he's the one guy on the pitch not celebrating the goal or something. That There just always seems to be some modicum of attention-seeking or drama and rumbling on behind the scenes. And the, the for too long now, really, the, the negatives of all that kind of noise and drama that goes along with Forestieri have has have outweighed any of the the positives of him being a player on the pitch for us and I think we'll we'll, we'll obviously talk in great detail about today but you know there's nobody's ever completely lost in this game <laughs> there's still there's still our roots back and um I would love it if Forestieri came back and started playing anywhere near like the player we had two, three years ago. Um, but that wouldn't, wouldn't moment, we all, but it's, it's looking very much like away. that, that ship has sailed. Yeah. You know, 
the horse well, exactly. has bolted a fair amount of time ago in this one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose I'm just sort of, as you say, we, we've been fairly negative in our outlook. It's not to say sometimes you do get the feeling that certain people who comment on football matches are are sat there hoping to be proved right rather than. Uh, you know, there was even somebody that texted in today, and this is betting's a different thing, but um, somebody texted in at half time today and said to John Pearson, oh, I had us down for a 2-0 win, so I'm disappointed. And it's mm. like, like you shouldn't be... Di- if you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan, you should not be disappointed at being 4-0 up at half time. If you are, you need a serious look at yourself and your relationship with betting. But it's you also get that way. People with their hot takes... Um, uh, they they're so set in so the fact that John Rhodes has turned things around is something I'm really pleased about rather than licking my wounds and going oh well we said a couple of weeks ago he's really looks like a lost cause mm. I'm not sat here going like well old people are going to think I'm wrong so I don't want Jordan Rhodes to play well I, it's yeah. I'm chuffed to bits he's contributing and I similarly would be chuffed to bits if if Fernando Forestieri manages to have a kind of come to Jesus moment and figures out <laughs> he should he should actually play football rather than wandering around like a Mardi child that would be <laughs> tremendous but as you say the the it would be a it would be another sort of <laughs> miracle if that if that happens because mm. it, it feels a million miles away right now and mm-hmm. at the moment it's not a huge loss to not have him as part of the team. Um, let's um, so let's talk about uh, the the game with Derby. Um, mm. I wrote down with the thudding inevitability of the Tory majority on. Uh, Friday, Wednesday, Chef, Wednesday drew away at Derby again on Wednesday night because it it feels like one of those Groundhog Day games where we seem to go there, play pretty well, um, generally get an early lead, and then at some point something happens and Derby mm. equalises. And uh, I, I that might be confirmation bias on my part, but that feels like a very familiar story. At Pride Park. Well, is, is the stat something like we haven't won away at Pride Park since I think 2004 is the stat. Um, so, yeah, it has been a long time since we got anything there. It has been pretty bad as a hunting ground for us. Yeah. And, that, yeah, they just seem to be, I mean, they're a team who've been consistently one of the usually top six kind of teams within the championship who... For numerous different reasons, they've almost had a kind of Leeds United hoodoo on promotion. You know, they kind of treat it. um, What is something I heard about something else? I'm going to really just commandeer from, I think I heard this from Jesus and Mero the other day. But basically, uh, they're like promotion. Derby with promotion are a bit like cats with water. You know, they... uh, they need it, but they don't take to it very well at all. Yes, yes. And um, so it, they've all haven't been a very good side in previous years consistently. Maybe they've had a few blips, um, but especially moments when they've had blips, they've never been a team we can particularly take advantage of away at Pride Park. We've had a few victories at home. We've also had a few games where we really should have been at home as well, and yes. we've really lost out. And, and also... We've had a fair few games away at Pride Park where we should have won and we didn't get anything or we got a point. And yeah. this is another entry in that particularly long logbook. And um, I didn't get to watch this game. Okay. Um, I did watch the extended highlights today, actually, just I've been so uh, busy with work and other commitments recently. Um, I understood you watched the entire game, Rich. Yeah. Uh, 
I think, unfortunately, a fairly familiar tale as the season goes. Mm-hmm. Um, we we played very, very well in the first half and created plenty of good chances. Um, second half, naturally, there was a bit of a rebalancing. I mean, we were. It's hard to <laughs> hard to put across really just how dominant we looked. It, we were playing at a different pace and a, playing a very different game to Derby County in that first half, and we were just having our having our way by and large. I mean, pretty much everything we wanted to do, we were able to do. Sadly, apart from putting the ball in in the back of the net, um, I'm just sort of looking. That, so, I mean, it, we ended up with twelve shots each, but the vast majority mm. of us happened in that in that first half. I think I think we had about nine or ten of those shots in in the first half. Uh, Fletcher having the best of it. Um, obviously, Fletcher was the the one who scored our goal. Uh, after some suicidal passing around at the back from Derby. That is one of those things. At the moment, every team in the championship seems to try and be clever and play it around at the back. And uh, not many of them are very good at it, (laughs) funnily enough. Yeah, no. And I do think we've largely been very good at profiting from that. But this Mm. was a howler. The... um, Forsyth flicked the ball, so he was heading back to. Oh, you saw that! You saw that! You saw the uh, the goal. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm describing it like you haven't seen it previously. But he's he- he's heading back towards his goal and just blindly passes the ball pretty tamely across the middle of his defence. And funnily enough, um, <laughs> we were a bit brighter to it, and B- Bannon read it very well. Um, and played the ba- the pass instantly into Fletcher, which was which was br- which was a really great piece of play. Fletcher took it first time, so they had absolutely no chance to recover from a pretty drastic error on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, second half, things really turned around. Uh, part of it was, I think, we we there's a natural sort of stepping off. I, I think particularly away from home. Um, so we weren't we weren't quite as attacking, but I think more than that, Derby made adjustments. And I don't know what happened to the referee because he was letting quite a lot go in the first half and it was a good kind of rough and tumble game, (laughs) you know, an enjoyable competitive clash. And then second half, he really got very, very whistle happy and in particular got very whistle happy when with regards to Sheffield Wednesday, Uh, there was a lot of rolling around and moaning and whining and Mm -hmm. uh, almost all of it was rewarded. Um, you know, just some of them things were really silly. I think at one point Chris Martin got a foul against Barry Bannon. Like somehow Barry Bannon managed to move that just lumbering chunk of marble that is Chris Martin. It just it was silly stuff. But the ref the ref gobbled it up, um, and then that kind of all added up to their penalty, which felt particularly undeserved. Uh, they they hadn't built the pressure. I don't think that was I, I don't even want to say soft. I was going to firstly say it was a horrendously soft decision. It wasn't even soft. It was never a foul. It was actually a foul against Adebajo. Yeah. From what I see it and what I think you see it and I think what everybody, every seemingly Sheffield Wednesday fan and I don't know, like what, maybe 70, 80% of the Derby fans. I don't know how you could ever say that was a penalty. Yeah, he he sort of, it was like a, a judo or a wrestling move, you know. He grabbed his arm, sort of held it in his armpit as he tumbled to the ground and somehow that meant that Odebajo had fouled him rather than the other way around. Mm, I mean, it was like a judo mm. Uh, yeah, 
Completely. <laughs> crazy. And it's frustrating because we have talked about Alder Badjo maybe getting things wrong in the past, but he was in exactly where he needed to be. Like he was in control of that situation. And really, without fouling him, there was no way that uh, Marriott was going to be able to get to the ball because Alder Badjo had read it right. But somehow the ref, you know. It, Gave them, a, gave them a penalty and uh, gave Odebadjo a yellow card and Martin took the took the penalty very well. But I think we were just sickened, really, by the fact it had been conceded mm. and we never really picked ourselves up again after that. There wasn't long left, to be fair, but uh, that, that last 10 minutes, we it was pretty difficult for us to rouse ourselves. But we did push. We did try and make things happen and that meant we left some gaps and that's when Odebadjo... Um, took one for the team <laughs> on his single yellow and got a got a second yellow card and uh, and was uh, was sent off what do you think of the disciplinary record seeing as i think i saw a stat the other day which was um i think this is true is on the second tier podcast twitter accounts so they said this as to i think this was friday night so it would have been or Friday day, would have been prior to the games we had today. The most fouls committed in the championship was Jordan Hugel on 45. Second with 44 is Stephen Fletcher, who, as we've kind of said, is close to getting a fifth yellow card. Mm. And I think a fifth is probably Sam Hutchinson with 41 fouls. Um, so Sam Hutchinson, as we said, is taking a yellow. He's got his 10 yellow cards, so he's serving a two-match ban, which is why yeah. he missed out today. Um, and then, obviously, on top of that... Um, hilariously, the revolving door of suspension of right back for the first for the first team right back. You know, Palmer comes back today, but then obviously Odebajo, who's been deputising, um, and someone who I kind of hoped would be dropped anyway for for Palmer when he came back. We didn't really have a choice um, since Odebajo picked up, like you said, two yellows and a red. Yeah. Um, I was looking at those those um, those yellows. The first one I thought was the yellow. The second one. I didn't really see much in it as a second I yellow. He, he hip checked him on the halfway line when he clearly mm. wasn't winning that race. I thought it was cynical. I th- I thought it was a yellow. Um, which I mean, if we're going by conviction, I think if the referee thought that the the penalty, which was after a first yellow, I don't know, but would a second yellow, even though it's becoming a red, not a straight red, would that have become double jeopardy? Um. Yeah. I don't really. I don't really know that rule inside out to be honest it's um it seems to be one that's open to a fair bit of interpretation because there definitely have been people sent off yeah i don't know i don't know the rule for double jeopardy is a 1999 american neo-noreventual crime thriller film um in which ashley judd is a woman who's wrongfully imprisoned for murder who while eluding her parole so tracks down her husband who had framed her so basically it's the same thing basically isn't double jeopardy is also a quiz show where the (laughs) surround in jeopardy yes (laughs) where the quiz host just asks normal questions and you answer with the answer (laughs) (laughs) we just Uh, call that quiz show or something i think yeah yeah decried as just being another quiz show (laughs) double jeopardy only ran for three episodes (laughs) (laughs) I think I mean we we've talked about silly fouls. Um, yeah, yeah. Being a being a a feature, a hallmark of this this one side of nineteen twenty season. I think, and we we keep getting described as a um as a, as a physical team, uh, which reminds me of of uh, when we 
when we were managed by Gary Megson. We were often described as bullies or physical, overly physical. I, I don't... We are certainly not what we were under Megson. I think that no. team... Right. No. And we took a kind of pride. The identity of the team was that we were big and strong and you had to win the fight against us to win a football match against us. So uh, that's the interesting thing, because I think I've heard that from opposing fans about Wednesday. And I think they're completely way off. Like, so I don't think we're a team. I don't think we're like a Billy Davis, Gary Megson side. We're not a team who plays with gamesmanship and wins those niggling free kicks there's not a lot of gamesmanship. It's not kind of a, no. you know, there's not really a kind of avert chance to kind of cuckold the referee. <laughs> As everyone says, yes. As everyone says, yes. Classic term, um, term cuckolding the referee. <laughs> you uh, you get their wife on the pitch and then you have sex oh, with the, the wife. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, oh, dear. We're, we're not looking to con the referee. Basically, so that's no, a better word. Than no, definitely so, not. But we're just we are clumsy. I think Hutchinson is a big, big part of that. I'm surprised he's yeah on that list as he is. Surprised he's not top yeah. because I would say a feature of Hutchinson's game is silly free kicks around the box. Well, if if Hutchinson had less yellow cards and hadn't got to the five yellow cards, then. <laughs> <laughs> but still had the fouls, then he could be gunning for that number one spot alongside, you know, John Hugel, who is, um, he is a bit of a dirty player, is John Hugel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you look at somebody like, I, so it's natural for Fletcher, I suppose Hugel is in a similar bag. <clears throat> it's natural for big, strong centre forwards to pick up fouls because it's almost a... Uh, it's almost every ball forward is a 50-50 between yeah, them. But, them I mean, that's the funny thing, though. Like, I mean, they, I think they kind of said that during the game today, the commentary team about New You. Um, yeah. You know, the, the player we played, the brilliant Lukey Pump hit single from <laughs> um, early on in the show. And basically, John Pearson said he's not that type of player. And, like, he isn't. No, but he's not... he, gets, he never gets a foul given for him. And he gets lots of fouls given against sure, him. Sure, sure. Even though he's not the... that type of player. Yeah, and then that's the... We talked about this. This is this is the rule of the big man. Which yeah. is, like, you know, even in us losing to QPR early on in the season, I think there were a few instances of Hugel looking for some stuff. And that's just like, yeah, you're never going to get it because you're, you're a big player. Yeah. Yeah. So the referee is going to be like, you're a big, tall man. You can take a whole bunch of kicking. You'll be fine. You never get <laughs> yes. that advantage. No, no. I, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think I think the other thing is, so we have those silly fouls around our box. But I do think one of the features of the team under Monk, and, and certainly when we're playing well, uh, we're doing a really good job of taking the ball from the opposition in their half uh, a bit a bit like the kind of Klopp model although you know very very different in many ways yes. um, but the, a big strength of 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 that that Liverpool sort of the, the gen gen pressing is you win the ball in their half so you don't need to build your attack from your own half and I think we've done a really good job at that I think Fletcher's particularly good at that um, we've seen more of it from Reach. Harris is good at it as well. Uh, but when you're trying to do that, you're asking players who are not defenders 
to do tackling. Mm. And again, you're going to pick up fouls because they're going to get it wrong sometimes. It's just a natural, I think, trying to play on that front, you know, best foot forward style defending. It's just going to happen. Mm. We certainly have picked up when we've got 44 yellow cards and three red cards so far, which makes us the fourth... um, the fourth, you know, worst defenders in the league. The only team that's anywhere near us in the league, because uh, all the other teams, as you might imagine, are lowly, lowly teams. So Barnsley and Wigan are the worst defenders. Barnsley have got 54 yellow cards so far this season. Mm. <laughs> um, Wigan, who are second bottom, have 46 yellow cards and three red cards. And then the only one that's comparable to us, Middlesbrough is the team that's below us, uh, Four red cards for Middlesbrough. Um, but they're all bottom. They're all in the bottom five, those teams. QPR are the only team that's anywhere near us table-wise. Um, and they are the third the third worst defending team. So it is interesting. Um, we, I think, as I say, it just it seems to be something that's crept in. We did have a game against Brentford where, conspicuously, we didn't do it. So maybe it is mm. something we have a bit more of a choice over than... Uh, than it seems. Interestingly, Fisher at Preston has, has joined Hutch on 10 yellow cards. So I don't know where mm. he was in the, uh, in the rankings of the uh, dirtiest bugger. But um... <laughs> Fisher at Preston is a bit of a dirty bugger, as they say, isn't he? Yes. Uh, very much. Mm. Um, so, so you watched it. You said you watched it, uh, um, the sort of extended... Uh, replay of the of the game um, the highlights yeah the highlights. I didn't go for the full thing yeah I thought initially about doing it but then it, it kind of the the charm of drawing one all the way at Derby kind of loses its real appeal <laughs> oh, yeah. if you yeah, kind yeah. of get that yeah mm-hmm. so what did you what did you make of of that kind of overview just it, it's it felt very typical of kind of Wednesday of previous and maybe this one was more symptomatic of some of the more frustrating games of the season. You know, we take the lead and then we kind of spurn that away. We don't seem to have the teeth a lot of the time. <laughs> um, in contrast with today's performance and maybe also Middlesbrough as well, we don't really have that kind of clinical, ruthless finishing touch. Um, but we didn't really seem to really carve anything else that seemed to be any chances that seemed warranted. It seemed to be a lot of us. We do really have a great knack of... Um, <sighs> Prior to today, which we'll get on to, you know, Jordan Rhodes and other strikers kind of have this, you know, this heading technique where they're not quite ready for the ball. So they kind of head it up in the air, which looks like they've kind of been shot, you know, a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's like they've been shot with a ball and they kind of like jolt back and then just kind of head it over the bar very comfortably. Um, So there's a couple of chances like that. But there was nothing really outside of the real kind of moment of uh, ingenuity and capitalizing some poor Derby defending for Fletcher's finish, which was lovely. Um, Also noted in that game that Fletcher notched up to uh, 11 goals a season, um, which is his current Wednesday record. Um, at the time which is pretty astonishing and um but outside of that yeah we did that we but derby didn't look particularly threatening like that that patch of derby kind of bringing turning up the gears you know turning up the heat in the second half they didn't look much it didn't amount to much much. it didn't no Um, and we'd handled it very well it really the only difference was that they got the ref handed them a penalty that they didn't deserve it's very frustrating that, that happened again uh I, it is it, you're right i mean this the, it, it feels a bit a bit of a well-worn road for us that we we put in these 
fairly decent performances and I want I do I'd like to see statistics and um maybe uh, you know before we talk again I'll I'll, I'll put some work in and, and put it together but there was um there was some talk uh, during the derby game that we we've we're the team that's been in the lead for more game time than any other team in the league mm, interesting um, which is a, which is an interesting position to be in, and I, I I think all too often we haven't had the rewards for for leading for so long, um, and generally we we seem to have eradicated those silly late errors at least the last you know two or three games, um, and it's arguable whether this was an error or whether it was <laughs> it was a, it's certainly an error, but it's more of an error from the referee rather than the defenders. Exactly, uh, exactly. So yeah, it's an. Int- <laughs> It's frustrating again to not get the the three points from it, but I think more and more the picture is that we're we're an absolute handful for anybody. There's very few teams that we've played that you think they were much better than us, and mm. if we played them again and again, they'd probably beat us more often than we we beat them. I think most teams in this league are pretty beatable. We seem to have a pretty dependable squad. Um, there's some flex in that squad as well, um, mm-hmm. so. We've lost away at Derby more often than not. So a draw at Derby is not to be sniffed at, especially when you combine it with the week we've had. But Mm. it doesn't stop it being disappointing when for 70 minutes of a football match we were winning the game. Um, It then feels hard to come away with just a 1-1. So we should probably uh, whisk ourselves along to to today's match. Mm Mm-hmm. And what did you think about the, um, I guess because I was kind of taken away from uh, the full analysis and full watching of uh, Derby midweek. Um, mm. What did you think about the lineup for the, this game against Forest? Uh, well, obviously we had to make two changes uh, based on the <laughs> the uh, disciplinary issues that we talked about. So Odebajo had to come out uh, and the obvious replacement was, was Liam Palmer and Hutchinson had to come out. And again, the obvious replacement was Dom, was a uh, not Dominic Alfred, was Massimo Luongo. Um, so I think those two changes made sense. Um, I mean, what's been fascinating is <laughs> we've sort of touched on it, but seeing Jordan Rhodes come back into the mix has been really interesting. I'll I'll talk a little bit when we're sort of assessing the game at the end of it about one how I sort of feel that's been able to work. <laughs> um, but I think by and large, I mean you can't. People moan about not having two up front and not being um, ambitious enough. You can't argue that with the with the lineup that we we've played against Derby and Nottingham Forest on the road back to back. It's you know very forthright, very front foot forward. Um, I I feel at the moment Luongo is defensively a pretty strong character. He seems to, I would, I'd be reserved in saying he's as good as Hutchinson. I think maybe he's not quite as good as Hutchinson, but it's certainly not a gaping hole left in that regard mm-hmm. when Luongo comes in and he offers quite a lot more going forward by and large. I mean, we have been waiting for, um, we have been waiting for Luongo to kind of step up and take that first team place for itself. Right. Yes, and maybe he, it wasn't the sort of performance that absolutely was going to seize it today. That's fair enough to say, I think. Mm-hmm. What did you think when you saw the the team? So, as you say, you, did, you, you didn't particularly engage with the midweek match. So, were you a bit surprised? Um, it was, yes. I was a little bit surprised to see, you know, Jordan Rhodes back. I don't know if it was more a cameo from 
Um, I know he played against Derby, but I didn't really have a good insight to how he played. Um, so I was a little bit surprised. I thought he would have gone with um, Fletcher and Nuyu up top. Um, the midfield four I like a lot. That's I yeah. think that's probably on paper my preferred midfield. I th- yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would tend to agree. Yeah. I mean, if we can get, maybe you bring in a different character and then you, if we could get 4-3-3 working a bit more, um, maybe, you know, you have that and then you maybe bring in, you might have Bannon, Hutch and Luongo in the middle, the middle three. And then, you know, you push uh, Harris and Reach up top with Fletcher. Um, but I, you know, I haven't really seen a lot, especially from that, you know, that mentality we have with the wingers really hugging the touchline and really getting down the sides is it creating a lot of gap in the four, three, three, um, from yeah. Fletcher. So, uh, but if we're doing a four, four, two, that middle four midfield four should say is pretty much what I think. Um, I was glad to see Palmer back. So the back four look good. I don't besmirch Lee's doing as well as he has. So I'm glad for that partnership with him and I offer to continue yeah. in the middle of the park. Maybe I was just a little bit surprised with Rhodes, but um, I don't know. Weirdly, I, I kind of felt, you kind of get the impression, uh, even maybe I'm just coloring back because, you know, spoiler alert, Rhodes scores a hat-trick in this game. Um, <laughs> you know, thinking about, did you kind of get that feeling about when, I think it was a 4-4-2, you know, when we were away against uh, Villa, was it last season or the season before? Oh, the one yes, I mean, yeah. you watched it in New York. Yeah. And um, basically the goal that was a really nice goal scored by Rhodes was completely overshadowed by the fact that Reach just in oh. the um, the wee, the first minute of the game yes. just absolutely smashed in a screamer. Yeah. And um, d- did you kind of get that feel about the starting lineup of seeing Rhodes that, that maybe something... Sometimes maybe something like this can happen from a starting berth for Jordan Rhodes. Yes. Um, I mean, that that quite possibly is the last goal he scored for Wednesday, I would have thought. I think so. I think it was a rare kind of moment. This was prior to, yeah, because last season he was away at Norwich for the entire season. I think he scored in pre-season. Um, but obviously that doesn't count. But competitive goal, yeah. And apparently this is the last time, is it the last time he scored for Wednesday in 336 days or something like that? Something or, like that. Yeah, that make, that makes sense. Which is an incredible stat. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I was surprised, but I, I think there can be, as much as we've probably written the man off numerous times, I, I, I wonder if sometimes it's really purely like given enough game time, you know, you can have this kind of broken clock situation. You know, if he starts 24 games, there's one time he's going to score. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I certainly know I'm not coming away from this game expecting goals every game from Jordan Rhodes. No, no. Um, But to to kind of get onto that, I mean, we we can expect more from Jordan Rhodes and we should expect more from Jordan Rhodes as a player, which is why it's just been such a turn up after such a dry spell. And then to get, you know, even if he just scored one, I'd be surprised. And then at the point he got a brace and then he copped it off with a hat trick. It is absolutely astonishing. Um, but yeah, I think that's I think that's the thing I'm trying of... to say is the thing I'm trying to say is <laughs> is sometimes there is that mentality. I think sometimes you get well with football, sometimes you just feel like a bit of energy in the air that this is yeah, this is a different this is the game which, you know, he can put in a performance. Albeit how rare it is. You know? Well, it's a ground we like, and mm. this is now a team that's 
had a pretty good week. I mean, I'm sure there was a bit of wound licking went on, but uh, after after the derby draw, but you know, a good win against a team above us in the table in Brentford rolled into then I, I mean a tr- the first half against Derby was was really a very very good performance um we were we looked unplayable we just didn't mm. take the chances and then I think again today that led into another un- unplayable half of football from us we just looked deadly and the 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 best thing was we took our chances today that's Mm. what i was going to say is what i would be fascinated to hear we've had several of these games where we've we've got we've had a one goal lead and it's come back to bite us on the bomb that we didn't get another but i would think by and large once we've got two goals i would have thought we've won we've we've won every game from that position Mm. because i think that's the thing is we we seem to start games very very well the first 10 minutes we quite often rack up two or three chances and a a corner or two and when we score in that position then obviously that builds to probably another 10 minutes of dominating the game when you Mm. have 10 minutes of of rattling the opposition and then that turns into 10 minutes of them kind of seizing back control then things get a bit more iffy but i would i would think yeah if we get that first goal and then build another goal on top of it either early in the first half or or um, uh, early in the second half or already in the first half i would think by and large we we probably nearly always win from that position well i would think we always win from that position i would mm. say we seem mm. to be pretty good at managing the game from that point but it's sadly been too often it's been a big if that we get that second despite the chances we make what Jordan Rhodes being anything like Jordan Rhodes gives us hopefully is more of a chance to grab that second goal hopefully (laughs) um but we, I mean, we 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 sort of we were straight at it today, weren't we? We were right, we were right out of the the gates. Um, scored in the ninth minute, uh, essentially just a, a punt down the field from Dawson uh, Fletcher, kind of on the head, <laughs> sort of bounced off his back of his head and his shoulder, ran through to Jordan Rhodes, and Jordan Rhodes hit it first time with his left foot, like a guy that has not. You know, he's like a guy who's on a scoring run of of maybe five or six games. He um he hit it yeah. with, all, with all the certainty of of Fletcher's goal against Derby. You know, um he played like a he scored it like a guy that's playing the football of his life. <laughs> it was insane. It was like it's what a finish from nowhere. I said, you know, that such a lovely cushion flick on from Fletcher. Yeah, and and Jordan rolls back the years and um, with his left foot. <laughs> his I know. Swinger. I know. Um, so here's my notes. I said, do we have a chant for Jordan Rhodes yet? Did we ever find one in the first place? Are the fans scrambling through their archived hymn sheets on Google Docs as we speak? He's always had the na 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 He's had the Ryan Lowe song, I yes. think, from pretty yes. much from the, uh, from the outset. Okay. Um, yeah, because we were, we were genuinely particularly... very, very pleased to have got him when we got him. We've got Jordan oh, completely. Rhodes felt, felt triumphant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt like a long and arduous, um, you know, road hunt. Yeah, <laughs> and finally, finally, we got him. We bagged our man. Big, the big game of Jordan mm-hmm. Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> but we we kept at it, and not too long after that, the thirteenth minute, Adam Reach put a sumptuous ball into the into the middle of the uh, the penalty area, and uh, Jordan Rhodes nodded it home again, like a man. In the form of his life. 
<laughs> it was completely beautiful. And did you notice, obviously, previous to that, Reach had a chance, which he should have snapped one at. He did, yeah, absolutely. And he did a really clumsy layoff. You know, you could see Fletcher kind of lamenting and kind of slapping his thigh at the, you know, decision-making um, yeah. from Reach. But then, you know, he got cleared up the field. And he got cycled back. I think he got to Luongo. He just kind of slipped it off. Reach went back to the byline. And that's when he just curved in that lovely guided curling cross. Yeah. And um, I, as incredible as the first finish was, I mean, you probably you probably don't need to really do much as a striker if you get such a good service and such no. a good cross. Um, but I mean, to, to give credit to Jordan, like he still has to score that one. And uh, yeah. just, yeah, just a lovely caressing guiding header. Didn't need to do much. And, you know, the defense and the keeper are completely at sixes and sevens for that one. And hopefully reach it's going to be help him build his confidence as well. Cause I think that you're right. That chance where he laid it off to Fletcher pretty poorly with his right foot when he, he should have shot then. And, and he kind of, uh, yeah, he, 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 he bottled it, didn't he? Basically. <laughs> and, yeah. and that speaks to a guy that, that is struggling a little bit for, for, um, for confidence. He did have mm-hmm. a, um, he did have an audacious attempt where he just sort of let the ball bounce over his shoulder and, and flicked a, a sight unseen volley towards the far post at one point as well. Yeah. So it's almost like it's, it's seen, it's seen motivation from the rebirth of Jordan Rhodes of JR six, as I've called him here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just uh, swung his left leg through one. It nearly, nearly went in. It was pretty it was close. Very, very close. But that's a weird thing, isn't it? With confidence is you, <laughs> that is like, is less scary because the, the odds just are, are against it going in. So, like, getting it on target would be incredible and scoring would be unbelievable. So it's a, it's an easier shot to hit than the one where you're one-on-one with the goalkeeper, which is, you know, that's more pressureful because you're expected to do better with that. You're expected to, to mm-hmm. be... Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, it's a weird thing that happens in... A, particularly in in football i think it happens in other sports but it happens particularly in football that you you probably take the chance from 30 yards out where you've got no chance of scoring but you try and equivocate when you're one-on-one with the goalkeeper because that's that's harder mentally it's a harder thing to uh, to do um the other thing I, I wrote down in terms of possibilities to to get more goals i thought there was a pretty obvious handball at about the 25 26 minute mark where there was kind of a scramble across and the I think it was Dawson seemed to like flick the ball away from Harris would have had a tap in and he flicked the ball away with his hands but the the um, the commentators didn't say anything but it was like a like two or three players ended up on the floor and Dawson did some pretty ham-fisted acting while he flicked the ball away with his arm and I thought that should have been a penalty really but anyway we didn't need it <laughs> Um, because yeah the 37th minute we had um, a good a corner that went into the box wasn't properly cleared sort of bounced around a fair bit it looked like a set piece routine that actually worked (laughs) to an extent because we've we've sent it to the back post and Palmer volleyed it back in which seemed to really cause a lot of issues but uh, the long and short of it was Jordan Rhodes flicks an overhead kick into the far corner and completed his perfect hat trick. Yes, and uh, it's just incredible. I, I, my notes say, "What world do we live in?" Maybe I can slide into Alison Bree's DMs. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I can fly. And I said, "Oh wait, I, I do not uh, try or to uh, convince any fellow Wednesdayites to jump off any buildings uh, this weekend." <laughs> following this, 
And they said, is Rhodes on acid? Is he being controlled by a young FIFA streamer? Or maybe it's a little bit of A and a little bit of B as well. It's <laughs> absolutely astonishing. It was lovely to see. And what everybody was so chuffed for him. Um, I think yeah. the thing that's just so, it's such a classy finish. Obviously, it's, it's you know, it's acrobatic. It's, uh, it's quite something. It's not one of the more kind of overhead kicks where someone is really going for it. No, and they kind of was... go around with a real amount of, um, you know, it's not quite the uh, the Wayne Rooney overhead kick against Man City, where, you know, the ball comes in whipping in a pace and a play with the class and um, talent of Wayne Rooney's stature, or at least he can do when he's, you know, when he's on form, you know, just meets it so sweetly and with such a pace. Um, it was more of a kind of lackadaisical. It would, the interesting thing was, is like he felt this is what's needed to score. Yeah, it almost oh, kind of pinned into a sense, which is this is what I need to do to score, and he just did it. And as cash, it just as 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 a great finish as it was, it just seemed incredibly casual from yes, him as well. Yeah. And actually, weirdly, we did miss out another chance because Fletcher had an overhead kick saved as well, which was which was fairly. He decent. did. He had a lovely kind of swivel. Yeah. Well, we which um, <laughs> I thought the great thing about that was I, I noticed a lot in that first half that there was a lot of uh, combination on the left from Harris and Fox. So it yeah. basically seemed like we had the first bite of the cherry with Harris going to see whether he can take, you know, take on his man, do some step overs, burn the fullback for pace. If he didn't, he would just, you know, roll the ball back for Cross to just, uh, sorry, for Fox to to whip in a really lovely cross. And that was one of the ones it came from. You know, it came over, lovely control from Fletcher, little chest, and then swiveled kind of finish. And, you know, kind of a little bit unfortunate he didn't get a goal from that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, although, thankfully, <laughs> we weren't done with the uh, first half yet. And he did grab his goal in the end. Um, again, another set piece. Uh, that that they didn't manage to clear some lovely work from from Tom Lee's mm. kind of control and swivel and a decent looking shot. Um, and as the the defense and goalkeeper sort of bundled themselves into the back of their own net, Fletcher mm. just poked it in the uh, in the open corner and uh, picked up his twelfth goal of the season, which means he he's already having his best season ever. Uh, or equaled his best season ever in terms of goals. So I think for league goals, I think you're correct. I didn't notice, actually. So his best season overall, um, all competitions in the 07-08 season for Hibernian, he got 14 that okay. year, which was obviously, you know, that was Fletcher is a very, very young man around the age of 19-20 at the time of that one. Yeah. And um, yeah, but now we're barely halfway through the season. Literally next week against Bristol will be the 23rd league game of the season. I don't think uh, Fletcher scored any in any of the... Um, did he score? He didn't score in the League Cup game we had, right? No, I don't think so. Who, who did we play in the League Cup game? I can't remember <laughs> at all. Oh, it happened, oh. didn't it? Anyway, it did happen. I think we did crash out in a very typical Wednesday style. Was it Everton? It was Everton. We lost to Everton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, let me just. I will. I will pull it up rather than because I know the frustration of um, <laughs> listening to people do this on podcasts. So we started with New You and Win All. Fletcher came on. Right. Okay. Uh, came on with twenty minutes left for for New You. So it really, it's, it's, here, it's yeah, it's completely pure of pretty much his appearances, pretty much, um, you know, in the league and what twenty two games played in the league. 
and he's got 12 goals. You know, he's got six in the last, is it six in the last five or something like this? It's just incredible, his record. It is just he's, incredible. Um, really he, is. He's actually, so um, I don't know how to say his name, apologies. So, um, uh, Easy or Eze, the guy at uh, Eze, QPR, QPR. is yeah. supposedly the best player in the league at the moment. But second behind him is Stephen Fletcher. Uh, is this, this thanks to uh, the people at who scored? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. He's um. Yeah. It's just been outstanding. How how. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking at. Yeah. So he got obviously got one goal today. Got one goal against Derby. Two against Brentford. Two against Charlton. So that puts him. He's on. He's on six from those four. Um. If you add in his goal against West Brom, he's on uh seven from six as well. So it's um. It's a pretty rosy time to be Stephen Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Kenneth Fletcher, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it was. It's nice that he got a. What's goal. the I... goal frequency, Kenneth Fletcher? <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. <laughs> um, but the, it's odd to be looking at a half where we scored four goals and legitimately saying, you know, we could easily have had another two or three on top of that, and it wouldn't have flattered us we just battered them completely had nothing nothing at all to offer us the thing i loved was um the fact that you know we we had that intense start we were pressing with full of energy but the fact that like i mean you look at the first goal and i think this happened a couple of times my kind of only real tactical um observation i thought was i loved the fact that we just we pressed into the half to allow dawson to just kick it in from a free kick yeah and that was it so Dawson with the second assist for the first goal you know hit it on and then little cushion down from uh, Fletcher and then the swivel and finish from Jordan and you know, that, um, that straight as narrow kick deep into their half from Dawson it's become a weapon for us mm-hmm. uh, because we've had several chances off the back of it because Fletcher should have scored that one against Brentford as well that was just straight down the middle mm-hmm. it's um I was really I thought Dawson had a really good game today. And it was interesting that it's the first time Westwood has ever been on the bench. Mm. For me, he's never been further away from being considered the first choice for that <laughs> that goalkeeper's jersey because Dawson looks like a young man that's kind of coming into his own. And that back five were really working hard for each other. The fact we had mm. kept to it, we did kept a clean sheet as well, I think is a big thing for them because that's always... It, when you win, it doesn't really matter. If you win 2-1 or 2-0, it's kind of academic, unless you're one of those back five where that's what you want to come away with. First and foremost is a clean sheet. That's what you kind of mark your... Uh you know, mark your progress against. And and it was interesting, Gary Monk, they sort of mentioned the clean sheet as the first clean sheet in six or something like that, or eight games maybe even. And yeah. he, got, he got a big cheesy grin on his face and saying, you know, yeah, I'm a defender. That's the first thing I look for. Um, they're, they're wired differently, those chaps at the back. And uh, that would have been massive for them. They all played fantastically well mm-hmm. and really didn't give Forrest a sniff. Um, it's worth noting... Sorry. So one thing that we've seen a few times, I don't know about Cash generally, but Cash is, uh, he's a winger first and foremost. He's, you know, he's wears number 11. He's generally a winger. And a few teams have done this against Harris. They put a winger up against him because they just want to keep up with him at the very least. Uh. Defensively, it's neither here nor there. It's just let's not let him get runs in behind that we can't catch him on. Uh. So we've seen this four or five times where they they put somebody who's who's a sprinter really right first and foremost um 
and we've talked about different formations and and four three three is is a is a great formation every formation kind of has its time and its place um but four three three is very reliant the fullbacks really rely on other players helping them and Amiobi and Carvalho or Cavallio just could not be bothered doing anything in the way of chasing back. They played where mm-hmm. it felt like and completely mm-hmm. left their fullbacks wide open. So Men Cash had an absolute job on his hand. You talked about Fox and Harris combining really well. A lot of our play also went down the right hand side. Reach had a, had his best game probably of the season, and mm-hmm. a big part of that was those, those two fullbacks were just left to fend for themselves a shocking bit of i mean i don't know what the (laughs) i don't know what their game plan was it seems sort of audacious that they thought they were going to completely outplay us because nobody's really done that so to not account for the fact that we play so much of our game gets played down the wings and not cover your fullbacks just seems bizarre Mm. people have talked there's not the about this being not a particularly strong championship. The championship is, a, is it exists in a weird paradox where everybody seems to think that the year that we're in is not that good and the next year will be much, much better. Um, and this year is no different. People just don't think yeah. it's right. But yeah. genuinely, I think... <clears throat> I think it's a combination of we seem to be a pretty decent side and I do really think Gary Monk is a gifted manager but it, mm-hmm. that in addition to the fact that a lot of these teams just don't seem that good Forest and Derby that neither of them are anything special and you look at the squads as well and it's like what were they kind of hoping you know they've got kind of old war horse at the back in Dawson uh Worrell seems to mainly just be a thug Lewis Graben is a can be a very good striker on his day I'd say probably he's he's the equivalent of Fletcher but it's just a kind of mix and a model of of some old some past their prime Premier League players and Mm. some never bins and that seems to be what half the squads are made up of. Yeah, I <clears throat> I guess in a different way. I, I think that probably to <clears throat> us I probably to other fans, I think Wednesday's team probably feels very similar. Probably looks the same. I know well I, I would maybe say yeah. I would probably include us in some ways, yes. <clears throat> so yeah, but I, I see your point. I think there's always you know, I mean, Monk said it well. I think everybody says this. It's not particularly a particularly new observation. But yeah, any team who are on the right level, who play with the right intensity, can win. You know, can win games in this league. But you know, yeah, I think you've basically seen a team who in Forest, who I think probably a little bit of similarities to Wednesday, and probably like not that I know a great deal about them, but. I think from just looking at the table, they're the team who have been around the top six. They've got a similar kind of goals for goals against them Wednesday. They're probably going to have times where they flattered themselves and times where they they flatter to deceive. You know? Yeah, yeah. It just it looks like a team that's maybe built to 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 do a lot of attacking, but really yeah. really looks kind of very thin outside of that. I don't know. It's in, it's just mm. an interesting observation. I mean, I'm just looking at the league and. We're up there. There's that. There's a little group of us now between kind of between kind of Swansea and Preston. There's a bit of a group that are kind of looking like the playoff pack. There's still room for other clubs to to, to get there as well. But West Brom and Leeds at the moment are way way off in the distance. <clears throat> but I I think I just sort of looked at it and thought I, I've been looking at the league thinking, and we've done this a few times, just looking at where do we. S- 
where do we sit in this? Where do we stand in it? What what are our expectations sure. of the yeah. season? We were pretty. We weren't expecting great things at the start of the season, and then we picked up some good results, and we were thinking maybe 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 things could be better than that. Um, but I am starting to feel. I wouldn't be surprised if we are the third or fourth best team in this league on the balance. Of no, things. and I. Uh, and that's the funny thing is I think we're the thing I really like about that is the fact that we're a team who are very much under the radar. You know, we're never particularly a team that the media gets. You know, alongside maybe outside of the kind of Carvajal kind of prime time. Um, we're not really a team that like the media kind of really cream over or kind of recognize. No. And Carlos courted that as well, didn't he? So I think I don't think Mark is he that did. he's not wired that way. He's not a kind of preening wannabe superstar like Carlos mm-hmm. was. So yeah, um, it's, it's just intriguing. I, I mean, well, but I guess that's the funny thing was I mean we look at this we look at this Forest team and 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 it's it's a good point you made it was like what are we you know it's a team that we probably feared a bit more before the kickoff and then when it started getting into it it's like. There's not really much there to kind of, on this occasion, on this showing, to really be fearful of. No. And then squad-wise, today was interesting because <laughs> we don't, I mean, in some ways we've got, there's, um, I think Monk sort of talks about the squad as being unbalanced. I don't, I don't know massively what that means. Probably just we've got too many strikers, really. But, mm. um, but outside of that, <laughs> you know, we've got Forest, Fernando Forestieri out injured. We've talked about whether, you know, the ups and downs, the ins and outs of that. But we've got Fernando Forestieri out injured. Most clubs in the league, that would be a pretty big loss. Yeah. We've got... The, today was the start of a suspension for two games for Sam Hutchinson. Any team in the league would miss Sam Hutchinson. And we didn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> we've got somebody just as good to slip in, really. Different, but just as good. And then we lose Moses Adebayo, who, for all the ins and outs of it, he's a he's a he's an experienced championship right back and mm-hmm. he played in the previous three games and again he, he drops out and Palmer comes back in and looked <laughs> looked ridiculously comfortable looked fantastic um that's there's not many squads in the league that could just do that it's quite mm-hmm. an achievement to then come out of that with a with a four nil four nil win kind of get all the business done before half time and, and have a, a second half off essentially it was it Today was a really good day. <laughs> it was. Um, I don't I guess want to get too carried was, away. <laughs> there really is completely flat for the second half. There is yeah. so little to talk about. I barely made any notes. And you said you've... Uh, <laughs> did you watch any of the second half through highlights? Or, did, or were you listening? Or there what was happened? nothing on the highlights from the second half. So. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I wanted to kind of paint just a little bit of a picture of, um, you know, the the second team, the, the team that were actually kind of there today, but we didn't really see, which is Nottingham Forest. Yes. Um, they did have a little bit of a mini spell, not okay. not to the point where, like, I'd say that, like, it, it gave me any degree of kittens, um, but from actually just from my notes. So here's something I just I want to kind of go over just from like some kind of shot by shot kind of log that I've got here. So the 22nd minute, this was after we were 2-0 up. So it's a space from basically the 22nd minute for about 10 minutes to about the 30, 31st minutes. 
And then basically then, you know, that's when Rhodes on the 37th minute, as he said, got his perfect hat trick. And that's when, mm-hmm. you know, the game, it was done. It was done. Yeah. Before we just stick the knife in even more with uh, Stephen Fletcher at the near post. <laughs> um, so the 22nd minute, Bannon did quite well to defend a conceding free kick. I thought that was quite good. And then we had a slightly scary moment, but I also kind of managed to slice that clear. Um, 26 minute Dawson was alert to tip over a shot that they had, which... I don't know yeah, if it maybe a... might have just hit the hit the crossbar, but yeah. obviously you're in those moments where keepers are just like hardwired to think this is a potential threat, so I'll just deal with this. Yeah. Um, did you notice in the 27th work uh, minutes? Um, I made this note. Forest fans claim a penalty because they have the ball in the penalty area and they are losing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you did you see that penalty claim? Because I, I I watched it twice. I actually, after I watched the game, I did flip back and basically watched the majority of the first half again because I wanted, because, you know, because I could see the goals yeah. and leave it playing while I was doing other things. And uh, I watched it twice and I couldn't see anything. Even John Pearson was saying, I can't see what they're appealing about. No, I, I didn't see anything either. I, I think fans are not what to go by in those situations because fans claim for everything and players are even less reliable because they claim they kick the ball straight Mm. out and claim for it so yeah it's hard to get the um (laughs) to find that figure out exactly what they were reacting to and just to kind of wrap this up 28th minute Mm. we had some great work from my author to cover and clear that was good and then the 30th minutes not that the game, I think this would have changed, a, I think it would have changed the complexion maybe a little bit, but nothing yeah. really concerned us. Um, what, ben Watson with an absolute massive oh, miss. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that was such an awful miss. And so did you also happen to see um, potentially a call for handball on Tom Leeson built up as well? Oh, yes, I saw that too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but what an absolute stinker of a miss from Ben Watson. Um, that could have quite an achievement to uh, get it quite so high over the bar from that. He that really place. cleared that bar really pretty yeah. well. I think uh, maybe Reverse the N- maybe the NFL are calling for a kicker. Yeah, and, uh, Mr. Ben Watson can step up to hoof it between some large posts. Bend the leg. <laughs> <laughs> And I also said, just prior to that, I said, uh, really under the cosh from Forrest now, credit for them for their delusional abilities of thinking they're still in this. <laughs> they did. I mean, obviously, you're right. They did have a, a spell. Um, that's um, It's a bit unfair to say they didn't do anything. But they came out at the start of the second half and and had a f- had five minutes of, of trying a bit. But it didn't amount to very much at all. True. I mean, a bit like my analogy about the cuckolded ref. You know, the referee is also the <laughs> second person in this relationship. You completely see it in the byline. A similar thing with the Wednesday and Forest. You know, Forest were the second team that were in this, but they were completely absent from yes. most of the game. Um, yeah, and then we get on to second half, and I've literally made no notes. Nothing really <laughs> happened. <laughs> Um, we talked prior to the podcast about how, you know, John Pearson was making the no- note about how come Forrest weren't actually kind of pushing. Yeah. I, I guess the weird thing was they actually, they played with quite an intensity, Forrest, I felt. Like, I, I felt they played with a fair intensity, but I think it just, it worked for us so well. Because we just kept up with the pace, and we were just there to them every time. And yeah. I think they them playing at a pace to us was something we could handle us playing at a pace was something that they couldn't quite get a grip on. Right, yeah, no, that's an interesting, uh, yeah, interesting observation. I, I think second half, um, and 
and John Pearson was was you know being very pragmatic in his uh, in his coverage of the second half and and correct in in what he was saying. But when you're four 0 up at half time, <laughs> you have absolutely no pressure on you to continue to attack. There's no, no. reason attacking. There's always probably I, I mean again all games are are risk and reward football risk and reward. So attacking is. How many men do we commit forward to try and make this attack happen? And that leaves us gaps in behind. And when you're 4-0 up, there's no point taking any of those risks. I know fans moan about taking the foot off the pedal, blah, blah, blah. Mm. This is These are professional sports people. This is a very high-stakes game. I, personally, as a Sheffield Wednesday fan, couldn't... I, nil, nil, nil in the second half is is great for me. Oh, because yeah, totally. 4-0 in the first half is the whole game. If I'm watching, I don't know, Man City beating up on some, <laughs> you know, Burnley or something, I'm probably as a fan going, oh, I hope in the second half they keep playing. But I know why they're not doing it. <laughs> sure. It's not, it's not too tre- too stretching. So what you're, what you're relying on then, if to make the second half watchable or interesting in any way, is Forrest maybe making some changes, really going for it, adding on a second striker, or maybe chucking Dawson up top, or trying to do something to change the change I the guess, feel, and then I, yeah. sorry, and then we contribute mm. to the second half in keeping them honest by trying to pick the gaps that they are leaving open. I guess that was interesting. So I went on Twitter afterwards, and I wanted to see not that it's a great barometer of human beings and uh, fandom and perspectives on the world. It is purely just Twitter. Um, but I wanted to see what the Forest fans were saying. So, like, I thought they, were, they weren't they were great, Forest. but I, I thought you would have credited the win in this situation purely down to Wednesday were that good today. Yeah. We were that good and we were that clinical. And I think we've seen that from other teams. Other teams maybe being, like, you know, good, but I think the gloss is kind of added as the fact that they've been very clinical and they've scored a really good goal. And, and that was us today, completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So but was that what you were finding on Twitter or not really? No, they were all very much like we were terrible. Um, there were a few fans who said Wednesday gave, or one person said Wednesday were very good today. And then someone then commented with, no, we were very shit. And then right. the, 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 the initial person said, well, we were shit and they were very good. You know, there's the, there's a lot of Wednesday fans that appeared when we got to Wembley that one time. And yeah. they seem to think we have some sort of God-given right to win every game 4-5-0. Do you think Forrest must have legions of those? Because they won the European Cup, you know. Yeah, and you know, I'm was sure the, there was the. Uh, I lo- I did love the footage on Twitter of all the Forest fans leaving at half time. I was surprised wow. there's so so many available, so many still there in the second half. It seemed like they really were just a lot of them just sitting it through. But it very much felt like the rats leaving the sinking ship, as you know they uh, <laughs> they saunter off uh, over Trent Bridge or whatever it is down Brian Clough Way while they you know think about once this uh, you know s- small provincial team was a you know European heavyweight. Thanks to thanks to a, you know a real freak of a manager in numerous different ways. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It was interesting. It was really interesting. Like I don't think I really regret. I would like to think I would like to think that me and you are fans who can take sometimes a little bit the biased glasses off and say this team were really good today, or they were unfortunate, or they were actually really good. Or, yeah, you, you don't know. lose four 0 by just not being particularly good yourself. That no. is that no. is. 
complete myopia, isn't it? That is um, yeah. that's tunnel vision, and yeah, you only see one <laughs> one and side. And there was an interesting debate on Twitter from the Forest fans about the manager who said, you know, he's asked after the game about, you know, would you have made any changes at, you know, should you have made any changes at half time? And he said, well, free isn't really enough to kind of change. You know, he's limited by the kind of substitute. I thought that was interesting. And then someone else was saying, you know, what's it going to be like if you're a player who comes on in the second half? What are you, yeah, what are you going to change? It's not the marginal thing which you can tweak. You can shame one or two players and then make a big change. Someone is going to create a point and that momentum then is going to be something you can turn around the second. There's literally nothing you can do. I thought that, yeah, I agree with John Pearson. I thought they could have pushed for something. I, I, I would if, hate to think if, if we were on, on the, the other four. Yeah, yeah. The fact that they didn't make any changes at halftime. I probably, I'm, I'm no, I've never, I, I've only ever left a game early once, so I probably wouldn't have left early. But that would have me looking at how difficult it would be to get out the end of the row, to be honest, because. Mm. That is surrender. That is a white flag. I know you're saying... Uh, you're absolutely right. 4-0 is pretty much as dead and buried as you get. 4-0 at half-time. I mean, it really summed it up with um, some of the Twitter fans are talking about, and I think it was on the commentary, you know, uh, we talked about him in the game, the Forest player, Matty Cash. Mm. You saw him uh, insolently boot the ball into the crowd yes. like a child. Yeah. You know, so clearly I thought it was funny from your observations about matching him in a foot race. Clearly he was a frustrated man. Yeah. I don't think you should really be, uh, you know, thundering it into the crowd. Not even trying. Just, it's a bit pathetic, really. I'd be really, Uh... really... 4-0 4-0 would make me angry anyway, obviously, but not even giving it... A, stranger things have happened. This get, we, oh Well, the man who scored our hat-trick today played in a 4-4 game. I mean, it was a, it was a sort of joust about back and forth 4-4, but mm. 4-4 does happen. And we scored four goals and a half. Why couldn't they? Yeah, exactly. Just, I, I just think it's a complete... I, I think it's pathetic not to try. Really? No. And you, you want to see that and you want to think that there's still something to get out of every game. I would be pretty disgusted, I guess, if I was a Wednesday fan. And there's 26,000 people there who'd yeah. paid. 28,000 in total, but 2,000 Wednesday fans. So 26,000 people have paid good money to see Nottingham Forest play. <clears throat> and for them essentially to take... Well, they the first half they had off and then the second half they went on holiday. <laughs> Just pathetic. Yeah. Really, and yet, do yeah, you know the funny thing was? I think I actually felt they looked a little bit more threatening playing at a slower pace. Yeah, which was kind of weird. Anyway, I, there wasn't really much in the second half. No, no. Um, I seem to remember one of them had a shot which kind of uh, ricocheted wife off uh, Lee's backside. Good old. Um, Lee's went old, off. Did he? Bum bum. Was Lee's? Did he? Was he? injured or just um just to give him a bit of a rest monker was saying that he had a bit of cramp okay i suppose he's played he hadn't played very much football and now he's played three games in a week so fair Mm. enough he looked well as i'm cautious of the fact i only saw the first half but he looked like he was he was really having a good game well you know Mm -hmm. relatively Mm -hmm. i thought lee's looked like he had a really good game um no i mean obviously everybody had a good game when you win (laughs) Um, yeah it's it's uh it's claps and handshakes all around um (laughs) do we want to go through the the player ratings do we want to play ratings yeah sure Um, dawson so 
I initially gave a 70, but actually from our conversation, I, I felt it great to a 7.5. Um, he didn't have a great deal to do apart from a couple of mild saves. Um, his kicking was pretty decent and, you know, got a first goal. First goal from his hoof, as I said, question mark. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. I. The reason I was saying I, I think he's sort of growing into it, the fact he's just, as a goalkeeper, the, 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 the danger in games like this is you switch off because there's nothing for you mm. to do, by and large. But his positioning seemed to be really good a lot of times and he nipped things in the bud because he was stood far enough forward and reacted quick enough. <coughs> develop, situations didn't develop that could well have done and probably would have done under Westwood because Westwood is so hesitant to come off his line. The fact that Dawson was a bit more mobile and a bit more happier to, to, to sort of come out and deal with those things just meant things didn't get to that point of, of even being a question asked. Um, and yeah, I think his kicking is seems to be getting a, a, a lot more consistent, or it certainly has been the last few games. Uh, he's getting some really good distance on, on those kicks. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'd be tempted to go sort of seven and a half maybe for him, but <laughs> he didn't really have very much to do, so maybe that's a bit too generous. Mm-hmm. Um, Liam Palmer. I, don't, I think I have the least notes for any player, I think, on the pitch, than, uh, apart from the substitutes, um, to Liam Palmer. I've, I've given him a seven. I thought he was, de- I just said decent overall. Yeah, he obviously played a part in um, Fletcher's goal. Or was it Rhodes' goal? I've really forgotten now, sorry. But, uh, yeah... He did his job. He's he was he was a willing sort of runner for Reach, and that 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 meant Reach had the option to either go to him or cut inside and do things himself more mm. often than not. So he contributed to Reach having a very good game, and uh, maybe that's enough on a day like today. I I, I thought similarly. I thought um, sort of moving along to I I I thought he didn't have a huge amount to do today either. Well, interestingly, I actually thought I, I often I was given a 7.5. Um, oh. We didn't have the game for him to uh, get upset and go on a marauding adventure up the pitch. No, we um, were too, too, too effective for that. But I think he was a bit more kind of involved. I think that's probably... What's, that's often there's so much thing with like with players, obviously player ratings. Some players are just never involved that much yeah. to the point where they can actually you know do anything. So Palmer was the one who probably is the weakest, I'd probably say, of the back five. But yeah. he still had a part to play. But I felt like I offer, you know, I said jokes aside, some important defensive work. And he makes, he makes it look all so effortless. He really does. You know, he's got that kind of... Um, I feel like maybe the recent kind of performances of Lee's, um, I think I offer is better in his performances, but maybe sometimes it's about the stuff that you, you know, you don't really need to see. And I felt maybe that today, that was a bit more of it. Though he, he seemed to be a bit busier in doing some kind of covering work and a few clearances as well. Yeah. There's one where I think he, he kind of controlled it down on the clearance with a little kind of volley and then just kind of ran on and kind of volleyed it out as well. Yes. Volleyed it up yeah. the pitch, which was fantastic. Yeah, there's still lovely little moments from him. That, um, yeah, he's a, he's a peach of a player. He's a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I'm happy with I'm happy to go along with your uh, your suggestion there. You know, praise for Big Dom works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lee's also, I've been a bit more generous than previous occasions. The 7.5, I said he was assured also. Um, you know, his derriere nearly got a, a goal for Forrest. <laughs> bit of classy negative playmaking, but jokes aside, you know, he, he got an assist for Fletcher as well. Yeah. You yeah. know, his work uh, helped, uh, you know, kind of brought in that fourth goal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, no, he did really, he did really, really well. He looked very classy in that situation. I think the other, yeah, the set pieces today were pretty solid all round. I mean, the fact we got uh, two two goals from them obviously makes you think they <laughs> they were pretty good. Um, but it was a big part of a Forest just feeling like they were on the the ropes the whole time. So um, we'll move along to. Uh, the left back, Morgan Fox, or Captain Fox Morgan, as we like to call him on this Captain podcast. Fox Morgan, and also a promise from my brother that basically said, if I give a good rating to Morgan Fox, he's not going to listen. So, um, <laughs> sorry, Andy, uh, you've got this far. If you have, it's a 7.5. I thought he was assured again. Um, I thought he was great down the left. It's just a great work and a great foil down the left for Harris. Just getting forward and providing that option for passes um it's just fantastic you know some really great crosses and some good defensive yeah, work he would just seem to be seeing things very well today like there was a it's, it was just a tiny tiny moment like nothing really stood out from it and i don't know that it particularly went anywhere but it was just a ball that broke to him and he fizzed a, a really good solid pass into bannon and it's just the sort of thing that I think early in his Wednesday career, he w- would have struggled with. And mm. he just did it non- very nonchalantly. It was a pressure situation, you know. If if it had gone to... There was a, there was a couple of uh, Forest players in quite close attendance. And, um, you know, so there was there was stakes there. But, he, yeah, he just sort of fizzed this ball into Bannon, let us keep going forward in the move. And uh, and it was, ve- it was just done very matter-of-factly and uh, that was really nice to see he's clearly a guy who's who's grown into his role and uh, he's growing in confidence and I, I do think he's a decent crosser of the ball by and large more often than not we don't have a striker that wants to play in the box which makes all of our crosses a bit questionable at times but obviously when we've got Jordan Rhodes playing getting quality in the box is, is worth is worth doing because more often than not he's going to make sure he's he's there um, I'm not going to sure. score all the time, but he's going to make sure he's there to take those chances. Or if Nardi drags a play around and creates space for someone else to cause, yeah, damage, you know, yeah, you know. Um, no, yeah, well done, well done, Captain Fox Morgan. Another mm-hmm. uh, another fine performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Reach. Adam Reach. Okay, going for left. Um, was he left yeah. or was he right? He, he was, was right, right, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh wow. Um, I'm so used to thinking Harris is right wing, so forgive me for that one. Um, 7.5 for Reach, probably one of his best performances in a while. Great assist for the one goal. Um, Rhodes did, you know, so sorry, great assist for the one goal Rhodes didn't need on a plate for him to magic one up. Because <laughs> it, it was a lovely serving. It was yes. really, Reach got on his uh, tops and tails, and he got one of those metal serving things. <laughs> and uh it, you know we opened up we opened up the thing which i need to figure out what it's called and then probably explain to the listeners and um plosh 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 the, the plosh. sort of metal yes. the silver bowl over the top of yes. the sails yeah so um so uh, jeeves reach uh opened up the cloche <laughs> and said a chance is served sir and uh bertie bertie jordan worcester uh, had a nice little snack on that one didn't he he did Gobbled it so up. That was that was lovely, and yeah, don't mind if I just, do. Reach was great today. You know, I I want to yeah. always want to see more of his Adam Reach, not the the other Reach that. Not sure whether he should be starting or off the bench, and then sometimes is a bit ineffective as well. Yeah. yeah. No, um, absolute treat today from uh, from Adam Reach. Very very pleasing, and uh, yeah, that kind of another place where we've got some some genuine competition because. We've got three fairly decent wingers to, to call on. It's a nice uh, nice place to be. Um, 
Action Mass, Mass Molongo. Action Mass, I went for a seven, um, which is actually the lowest rating I've given a midfield player. Um, yeah. But I felt he, he kept things ticking along and he had some good energy at times. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy to see him there. I'm happy to see him play. I think there's a little bit more to come from him than those performances, performance like today. Yeah, I think. it wasn't a huge one from him. I think he had a couple of things where it nearly, nearly worked. But I also do feel he's conscious when it's a two with Bannon. He is the one that has to hold himself back. Like, I think Luongo's natural inclination will be would be to kind of almost be a kind of attacking midfielder. I think that's mm. his. I think that's his kind of nature, but I, th- I he knows that Bannon is not the best when it comes to defending and makes sure he he you know tactically sticks to where he needs to be. I think. Yeah, apparently that was the case when when we bought Luongo. He, apparently he was more of the the season before the last one before we signed him. So God, what that would be now? That'd be the seventeen eighteen season. Yeah, he was more of an attacking player, and apparently eighteen nineteen he was a player who was asked to play a bit more of a defensive kind of holding role. Um, so just putting his action in and about, you know, his own. Um, I think he's really. Box. I think he's really good at both roles. It's really, I, I do too. I, which yeah, is the. Which is the brilliant problem to have with a player like Massimo Longo is when we signed him and brought him in and had a look at his talents, you know, we popped the hood on uh, Action Mass if he was like a Transformer car or something like this. And uh, under the hood, he's, um, you know, he's got a lot of characteristics to uh, to be both, to be both that you know, defensive holding player that's really going to break things up and do a great job screening the uh, the back four, but also the player who can be more of the kind of attacking Kieran Lee and get in and around the box and kind of uh, pop up with the ball. And uh, we've seen that from some really great finishes. The two goals he scored have both been lovely, lovely finishes. Absolutely. So... Yeah, but I, I still like this. I still like this role for him. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I don't need to. <laughs> I'm not giving him an excuse, really. I just, it's just, I think there's, there's sort of, there's extra factors in him. You know, maybe not, not shining quite so brightly as he's done in previous games. In, in a three, he tends to be given a bit more free reign to just be a pain in the backside to the, to defenders, but. Yeah, I think there was just again lots of little moments. He, he, as you say, he just makes little things. He keeps the things ticking along. Um, yeah, yeah, great player. I think seven's fair. Didn't do anything showy or didn't do huge things to stand out today. Uh, Barry Bannon, wee Baz, wee Baz. I, I thought the same as Action Mass, but just better. Like he, he did keep yeah. things ticking along, but just you know, obviously he's the playmaker of any pairing or any kind of midfield uh, centre mid setup that we have at the club. And, uh, yeah, he was spraying some balls around pretty well. Um, you know, maybe there are other games where, you know, he's probably maybe got a bit more of a kind of effect. But I think he did in a weird way. I can't seem to remember. You know, there are situations which he's been involved in which have led to goals. So, yeah. but no kind of direct assists or goal or goals for him today. Um, but still a 7.5. Very good performance from Weebaz. The Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, I agree. Uh, I, I think, yeah, the, the it's the free kicks... Uh, sorry, the corners more than free kicks, really. But they they were good today. And sometimes when corners are good, it results in a nice clean header straight away. You um, you weren't also watching them and putting your two hands on your head in a different sense. <laughs> no, there was there was a different one today. There was a big wide arm one that they did a couple of times. <laughs> 
Um, but but yeah, sometimes a good set piece just is, just means it's not hard, not very easy to clear. And two goals came from Bannon corners. It just wasn't direct, <laughs> but they were good enough to hang around and and give us give us a chance to score. Harris Harris seven point five, full of industry ideas and threat at all times. Um, some really lovely step overs and running and yeah, maybe a little bit of a shame we didn't see any kind of major output from him, but he still had a kind of part to play yeah. and uh, really, really good. You know, just even just having it, it's kind of a bit like you were saying with Rhodes. It's like, you know, if Rhodes is not playing well, then I guess still hopefully you still think there's a benefit of playing Rhodes when we have done recently that he is stretching players, stretching defense and moving people around. And for a similar kind of mentality of Harris, I think he's he's often just he's he's getting everyone's backs up on yeah. uh, on this time he was on the left side. Um, I loved his combination work with Fox. Just to go back to, I think it mainly seemed like more of a positive for Fox that he was getting forward and working, but Harris was also working well with him as well. So I think that's another thing to add to the positives column. Um, really good. Really good. Just, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd hate to think of a game we have where we don't have Kadeem Harris on the wing. He's a... It, He's a gem. I really, yeah, big, big fan of that, of that mm. young man. I think you're right. I think the 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 um we mentioned we've mentioned Cash several times. He's one of their star players, and he didn't get anything going really. And a big part of that was that the other thing that Harris did was he did his he does his work going backwards. He's not a lazy player when it comes to the other side of the game, which is a huge thing to have as well. And not many wingers can say you can say that about it's a thing that goes unnoticed he uh, he also maybe could have had a goal again today he had there was a, a couple of opportunities that sort of dropped to him where yeah he bent one wide didn't he which was quite he did. nice um uh, yeah. his finishing if his finishing could get like five percent better he'd be a real goal threat i think like mm-hmm. a, a pretty consistent goal threat anyway um <laughs> There's a reason folks play for Sheffield Wednesday and not Liverpool or Man City. And, and if you have everything, you you, you play for the, the biggest clubs in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, just one of those things. It just he things drop to him because he works hard. Do we, he, he do we think, though, I guess an interesting perspective is he's, he's one of our like consistently star performers up there with Berner, Iorfa. And, you know, we've, we talked about Iorfa being a player who's been, you know, having these having Burnley backing their eyelashes at him. I mean, you could see, I, I mean, he is a sellable asset. Not that he's a player we ever want to sell, but surely he's a player who's, you know, other teams must, you know, notice him and notice the work that he's yeah. doing. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it's not something we've heard out outright, is it? But um, it wouldn't be a surprise at all. No, you're, you're right. Mm. Then we go to the front two. Let's talk we, about Stephen Fletcher. Thank you. I want to say, can we talk about Fletcher first? I want to give Fletcher an eight. Fletcher, a game where he scored and gets an assist and has some great overall play, and he isn't the star of the show. It's insane. <laughs> uh, and he's now on 12. He has 12 goals for the season. Yeah. And we're barely halfway. Next week is the halfway point for the season. Um, like I said earlier in the show, uh, his career best season in all competitions is 14 in the 07-08 season at Hibernian. He's going to beat that with ease. I guess the interesting thing is, like, that's his standard. It feels like 11, 12 goals a season is his standard. Right, yes. Yeah. And, you know, he's taken that all that time that would have been a full season. He's done it in half a season. It's very productive. The fact that Stephen Fletcher is playing so 
well mm-hmm. allows us to play Jordan Rhodes and hopefully start to see the best of what's left of Jordan Rhodes. That's what I was going to say is we couldn't carry Jordan Rhodes with any other strike partner. Interesting. Yeah. But Stephen Fletcher at the moment is just so kind of all encompassing in what he's what he's doing. I think that's why that that was the shame him and Atty playing together. We were getting less Stephen Fletcher. And when he plays with Rhodes, it doesn't actually affect Fletcher's game at all. Fletcher can just play how he plays. And we've seen that he's got goals alongside Rhodes. So it's not taking away from his goal threat. But we get the full effect of Fletcher. Plus, hopefully, a guy that can pop up and get grab the, the odd sort of scruffy goal when we need them. And that those make a huge difference. Because almost every game under Monk, with very few exceptions, we've been, we've been at, at the best team or at least a very competitive team in the game. And it's been about how many of our chances we've taken. And actually, we create quite a lot of chances for a, a team. We tend to get 15, 16 chances per game as a, as a bare minimum. So having having Fletcher do all that, all the stuff he does really, really well, plus a, a, a midfield that can cope with all the work they have to get through, that's the, 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 the downside of 4-4-2, is those two in midfield have to do a lot. But we've got players that can that are up to that task by and large yeah it's it's clever it's munkenstein's monster mark too mm. <laughs> and i just never saw it coming in the same yeah. way we never saw we never saw atty and fletcher as a partnership i never saw rose sort of making his way back into the picture but what allows it to happen is just how good Stephen fletcher is at the moment It'd be interesting to see if he drops off some players do that don't they was it darren bent always used to score before christmas and then got nothing the rest of the year <laughs> yeah it was like there was a bonus in his contract at like 10 goals and or 15 goals and then that was it um yeah, another another great performance from Stephen Fletcher. Stephen Fletcher, yeah. uh, and then Jordan Rhodes. I can't give anything less than a ten for that performance. It's a ten. It's, it's a, a ten out of ten. Perfect, it's a yeah. perfect hat trick. And the thing I want to note as well was that um, it's not just like he has been a goal poacher who's been there at the right time no. to no. apply the right finish. He was the reason we won. And yeah. two of those goals were just completely down to him. That first one and the, the third one. It was only yeah. the second one where, you know, um, you know, uh, Richie, <laughs> Richie, Richie Jeeves uh, Richie turned, up, turned yes. up with a perfect bit of service. So the other two were just completely all down to Jordan Rhodes. And Does that make they're him also Bertie Rhodes. Bertie Rhodes. It's Bertie Rhodes, yeah. <laughs> um, there's also some bits of play. Do you remember the bit in the first half where the ball kind of... Uh, Funded through, and he was kind of uh, on a bit of an angle from the goal. Couldn't really do much with it, so he played it against the defender and then shepherded it out for a for a corner kick. Yes, yeah, that was a clever. It was a lovely little little mini cherry on top of this hat trick Sunday <laughs> yes, yeah. that he's given us today. Um, but the the thing I want to say is, like, despite the good bits of play, you want to say he's a striker, and you paid him to score goals, and he did that with some real pizzazz and aplomb today. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's mainly what he did. I don't think he did huge amounts outside of the box, but if you do the job in the box, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, Rich, on Jordan Rhodes, I want to call this it's the Antique Roadshow. Lovely. Absolutely uh, lovely. So carrying on with that, we try to flog it, and by it, I mean him, 
But then once discarded, we find some cash in the attic. Uh, he has money, and we may not to go go on a bargain hunt for a new striker, a vintage Rhodes performance. <laughs> also, maybe I'm not sure if I fully kind of got this. Well, we'll kind of you can edit this out if you want, Rich. I said he's Wednesday's Miss Fa- Miss Havisham as well. Very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a treat! Yeah, it was just fantastic. <laughs> as you say, the the first goal is is. Just brilliant! It's out of nowhere. It's it's a flick on. You see it, <laughs> you see it probably twenty times a game. What you don't see is the guy on the end of that. Well, one gets on the end of it. That's he's read that ball through. And two, first time left footed shot gives the keeper no chance to set himself, and it's right in the corner. That's incredible. That's a great it great is. finish. It is. And as you say, the set the 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 third goal is is in the same bracket because. It's just really clever. It's a really inventive way to work the ball towards the goal. And again, right, right in the corner, as was his header. The re- the, mm. the, the the reach ball in was fantastic. And they're all in the corner. All in the corner. But it's no given. I, I think that's the thing is Fletcher is brilliant at everything outside of the box. And this season he's been better in the box than he's you know looking like. He's ever been in his career before. So that's a wonderful thing to have. <laughs> but if we can add a box striker to that, it lets Fletcher do all of his great work outside and build building play and winning headers that he shouldn't win and moving defenders around. And then if we've got someone, you know, Johnny on the spot to nod those headers home and make things happen, that's a pretty formidable thing to line up against. It's mm. very exciting. I, I, it's not going to be, he's not going to score every game, but if he scores, if he, if he scores on roughly the same sort of knots that Fletcher's scoring, that's a lot of goals we're getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice position to be in. And I totally agree with your 10 out of 10. Um, the subs went on for very long, so we should just whiz through them. Uh, Burner came on for Tom Lees. I, didn't I, I don't think I can give any of the substitutes any more than the six. Yeah. Uh, they were fine. Winnall they didn't really have anything to do. I heard Winnall had a couple of decent Oh, chances. yeah. Winnall actually kind of whipped one just wide. He curled one just wide, which uh, was not quite nice. Uh, maybe I could be generous enough to scourge, you know, stretch to a 6.5 for him. Um, but there wasn't really much doing for him, him, New You, and Burner in that place. But what do you have to do in that, in that stage? Yeah, of course, of course. It's, it's, at that stage, it's just about providing enough of a threat to keep Forrest on their toes, isn't it? That's all it comes down to, that second half. I remember um, Carlos talking about, I think it was Bristol City we played, and we were 2-0 up at halftime. And he said, they said, oh, were you really keen to go for that third goal? And he said, well, we needed to go for it to make them think we wanted a third goal. But... Which is a kind of odd, it's a kind of convoluted way to to say it. But you kind of get exactly what he's saying because it's like we, even though we are sitting back a little bit more, we don't want them to think we're we're just giving up on attacking. And that, yeah, that's what that whole second half performance is, including all the subs. Um, it meant Rhodes got a nice um, individual applause as well, which uh, you always want to see for a, a hat trick scorer. I was glad he was taking. I mean, that was the interesting thing with the subs. I'm like, I hope we get to see Jordan come off. Just so we could get that that rapturous applause. Yeah, you know it's it's better than the stuff that you get even at the end, which was nice to see him get the the match ball and go over and have a few applauds with the uh, with the fans as well. Did uh, did Forest fans applaud as well, or or, or they were just too po faced for that? 
I think they were long. Uh, they were long Not left after by the time you know. You could. I remember seeing the camera angle with the Wednesday fans. You know, at the city ground, you're kind of underneath on the lower tier. I don't know if you've been to to the city yes. ground. Um, they do that really fun thing of putting you underneath the home fans, which I fucking love. Of course, <laughs> really, I'm, I'm being really being, being sarcastic. Pee thrown at you and pee and coins and poo yeah, and all yeah. all types of fun right. little treats. <laughs> and no, but when the camera was that, they were long. Long, long gone. Okay. Know, there's nobody sticking around for that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I just wondered. I, I, it's one of those. I like those moments in that that kind of football camaraderie thing. The football fraternity. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like when everybody applauds off an injured player. I like when I don't want players to be injured, obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a few more of those moments in the season when somebody gets stretched off. Um, mm. <laughs> but it's just a, I don't know, kind of it, it slightly hairs on the back of your neck sort of moment where it's like, yeah, there's something a bit bigger at play here and we're all part of a bigger thing, even though we're, we're on opposing mm-hmm. sides in this match. And, and when somebody scores a, a world-class goal or, or somebody gets substituted after an amazing appearance, those are those are sort of nice moments, but yeah, I suppose there wasn't wasn't enough of them <laughs> left mm-hmm. to, to make any dent mm-hmm. in that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it's a what a game, what a tremendous game, and, and a very good yeah. week. caps a brilliant week for the team. And just to finish off, the last time Jordan Rhodes scored for Sheffield Wednesday, that was Saturday the fourteenth of April. 2018 um he was the singular goal scorer in the way win against hall city and that oh, nice. was uh during yosla hukai trying to salvage the season and i think he did a fair shot of you know he did a fair attempt yeah. at salvaging that season after the uh the wheels falling off on the time of carlos calvajal uh, yeah wow well that's yeah that's quite some time since, since that happened here's hoping we're not waiting another year or whatever it is until the next uh, goal from jordan rhodes well, it doesn't feel like it after that, does it? No. Um, next up, we're, um, we've got Bristol City. Yes. And uh, another team that's kind of in an, uh, in the same playoff picture as us. So uh, another another interesting benchmark sort of game. A, a team who seems to score a similar amount of goals that we have, but then conceded about two less. So a team who seemed to be a bit kind of rocky in form. So hopefully we can really um, put in a decent performance and put a few goals past them to, you know, to help kind of cement ourselves in the playoff playoff uh, positions going into the Christmas period. Yeah, good stuff. Well, um, yeah, these are these are rare days. We just got to drink them in and enjoy them when they happen. So uh, I'll uh, I'll bid you adieu, uh, Luke, and uh, have a good week. Have a good one too.